In America, we don't turn to government to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before. And it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. but they're totally the re-education tablets. There's nothing but, like, white people are terrible. Uh, Islam is the best uh, thing to ever happen since, well, sliced bread was in, what, the early 1900s. So uh, there's not been anything as good of a development since Islam uh, and sliced bread. So I, I guess I'll say that. I don't know. Yeah, but that's essentially what they try to push. Um, it's nonstop how great black people are. And that's great. You know, that's great. But where's the white people? Why, why can't? Why is it only attacks against white people, and not? Hey, here's something cool that a white person has done. Nothing. Um, yeah, it's a very racist tablet. Um, so anyhow. Okay, so I'm gonna have to mirror this later. But looking at the re-education tablet and all the pro-Islam stuff. So let me get a clear view that I'll have to mirror. So there. So what the top thing it's saying is the characteristics of a successful Muslim. Now let me go down to number five. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to show it so that way I can like screenshot it or something and then somebody else can like mirror it and see that it actually says this. Um, let's see. And those who guard, again, who guard their chastity, i.e. private parts from illegal sexual acts, except for their wives or the slaves, that's in parentheses, that their right hand possesses. For then they are free from blame. So that is number six. So able to rewind that. It's coming, so I'm gonna turn this off. So anyhow, uh, oh, so I, I I checked in, and the last time I had rec was Wednesday. Today is uh, Sunday, April tenth, twenty twenty-two. As you can see. My hair is just, I mean, even with, if you had better camera quality, you could see. Um, it is, so we got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's day four. Folks, what you're watching here is a rare, uh, very uh, on the down low, uh, very sneaky video that was taken inside the D.C. gulag. This is one of the prisoners 
who was invited into the Capitol building by Capitol Police, by Metro Police that day on January 6th. And he's been inside the D.C. Gulag ever since. Ten months now, he has been there. Now, I know a lot of people are saying they're still having problems on Rumble. I would ask you, if you're watching it on the app, they're doing a lot of updates with the Rumble app. I would suggest if you still want to watch on Rumble and still want to be engaged in Rumble rants, then go to your desktop or your laptop. That seems to be fine. It seems the Rumble app is experiencing problems. But anyway, going back to that, this is a guy named, uh, by the name of Mr. Fellows. He's been in um, the D.C. Gulag for 10 months, okay, 10 months, because he literally walked into the Capitol building, and apparently he smoked some weed when he walked in there, but that's not the reason why he's in there. Now, what he was showing you was a, uh, they're, they're given tablets, obviously. Now, how he got, he got a flip phone somehow, and he was able to take, um, he was able to take a video on this flip phone and somehow get it out to the public, probably through his lawyer, I'm not sure. But he took a whole bunch of videos over the course of like two or three days. And one of those videos was that showing the re-education tablets. And uh, it, it re-educates them on how white people are bad. And it re-educates them on how great Islam is. And he even showed you the disgusting uh, cells that they live in with, the, uh, with, with electrical wiring hanging out, with, uh, with cockroaches in the sink and on the floor. Um, Apparently, they get tablets, though. I, I think that must be new in the jail systems where they get tablets. I don't know. Probably a good way for, the, uh, good way for them to, uh, to uh, basically bait them into doing something wrong and then putting other charges on them. I would not be taking tablets if I was these prisoners. I would just be giving all my, Lord, uh, all my, lo- all my conversation to God. Uh, rumble freezing. So they're on Facebook. Everybody's saying rumble keeps freezing folks. Again, I, uh, I apologize for rumble, not on my end. And I definitely don't want us to abandon rumble. Rumble is the, is the, is the greatest platform that we have for free speech strictly because they're not on AWS, but they're going through some growing stuff right now. They're doing a lot of updates. They're also the rumble is the main, uh, the main hub for video on truth social too. So I imagine they're experiencing a lot of uh, they're experiencing a lot of growth pains. I'm actually going to go over to True Social right now and uh, and share the video there. I forgot to do that this morning. But again, there's a lot more going on in these videos than the re-education tablets. Uh, let me play you uh, another video, and this is uh, there's a lot of videos he took, but I want you to hear some of the stuff that's going on in the background. Um, and uh, if there's any graphic verbiage that you hear, I apologize. But I like to give you guys this in its truth in its truth form. So here we go. Let's break the get- Now at 12:20 in the morning, the day before my birthday, April 10th, 2022, is uh, a bunch of people screaming um, in broken English about uh, whether it's cool that girls, whether they like. How do I put this in a nice way? They're talking about girls that eat ass and how they either like yeah, it. Yeah, we're don't. gonna we're just gonna get out of that because it gets real. That, that it starts getting pretty graphic as far as what he's saying. He starts talking about transgenders and he starts talking about people who like different sexual things inside jail. Look, these people are going crazy in there, and I can only tell you this: that, that like when you watch these videos. Uh, his toilet's backing up. He's showing his toilet backing up right now. Something that I'm not going to show you. I apologize for the uh, for what he said there in the beginning. But now he's showing his toilet, and his toilet's overflowing. He's got urine and feces on the floor in his cell. These people are going crazy in there, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to break them down. They're trying to break them down. They're trying to make them go crazy. They're trying to do anything they possibly can to break these people. And I can tell you from being in a situation much like this before in my life, you do go crazy. You do go crazy in there. These people have cockroaches in their cells right now. They have feces and urine on the floor. They're stuck inside constantly. uh, Segregation, solitary confinement. They have wires hanging out of outlets in their cells. Probably they want these people to commit suicide. They're stuck in there without due process, and that is what's going on in our D.C. gulag. And again, I apologize for showing or, or, or you hearing anything, but it actually got a lot worse than that. So, folks... 
I don't know what is going on in this country. All I know is our Republican Party right now is not doing a thing. Our Republican Party continues to go to Capitol Hill every day, whether they're in the House or whether they're in the Senate, and vote on their stupid little bills and their stupid little laws and vote to send $40 billion worth of Ukraine uh, of taxpayer dollars to Ukraine. But they cannot get these people out of jail, even though they're illegally detained. Illegally detained without due process, by the way. Ten months that guy stuck in there. He's going nuts. So that was a rare look inside the, G- the D.C. jails and what they're doing. They're trying to re-educate these people. They're trying to get them to snap. They're trying to get them to, um, to add more charges to, to their already uh, bogus charges that they already have. And it's a mess in there. It's worse. I'm sure it's ten times worse than you and I know. Now, having been in a situation like this before, I understand what goes on in these places. And I understand how bad it is. And I guarantee you it's even worse than that because of the nature of the, quote, crimes. Pretty disgusting stuff, folks. Pretty disgusting stuff, but that's what's going on in our nation's capital, and it needs to be dealt with. Let's go to the Lord for and prayer, but before we do, I want to just give you a couple updates here. Uh, I went to, uh, sign, uh, to file to run for a state representative, uh, as you know, the other day, and they turned me away. Not because they said I can't run, because they said I cannot file until June 1st, which is odd. Uh, that wasn't the case before, but we've just been, we have a lot, had a lot of redistricting here where I live. So that's probably something to do with it. Um, and the Democrats got their way, so it's going to be extra hard to win where I am, especially in this liberal area of New Hampshire that I live in. But I will be actually officially filing on June 1st. So that's, the, that's one update. The other update is this morning. I posted out a picture of what was uh, thought to be the Uvalde shooter, uh, a bunch of transgender posts about him in dresses and this, that, and the other. Now, there are accusations that this guy, this kid was suffering from a lot of things, including the fact that he was struggling with gender, this, that, and the other. However, there's a lot of fake pictures going on out there that everybody is posting, and I fell into that trap as well by grabbing some of these pictures that were posted by a bunch of reputable people, which means that they got got too. You got to be very careful. We all got to be very careful because the mainstream media does not want to talk about the shooter, and the reason they don't want to talk about the shooter is because of the fact that he is not white. They only want to talk about the guns, okay? But because this kid is Mex or excuse me, is Latino, they don't want to talk about it. All right? So what they're doing is they're trying to throw a bunch of misinformation out there so that we all pick up on it in order for them to uh, to say, "See, look at all the misinformation that's being spread." And I apologize for putting those up. I took that down right away. However, Instagram also took down a post of mine talking about the shooter, uh, which was completely unrelated to the pictures that I showed, and they took that down. So again, I apologize for showing those pictures of that kid that was supposedly uh, the kid that was uh, the Uvalde shooter. It wasn't. It was another kid who's got transgender issues. Um, Long story short, just wanted to put that out there. I'd also like to thank a few people before we go to the Lord. I'd like to thank Gina Wheeler, Wendy Walker. God bless you, Wendy. Thank you so very much. Diane Anderson, William Schmidt. God bless you, sir. Sherry Riddle, Susan Patrick, Stephen Bryant, Marianne Casper, Susan McKinney, Karen Tian, Terry Franklin, Deborah Saylor, Diana Sp- uh, Spisak, Steve Colin and Diana Budzolo, thank you very much. Those are some of the recent donations that we've got uh, on the Jeremy Harrow website, and I appreciate you guys for funding the show. I know it's hard right now. Um, with everything going on, I think we need to go to the Lord. And uh, this morning, doing my morning devotional, um, I, I just prayed to God. I said, God, you need to... You got to show me a way, show me where to go, show me what to read this morning that's going to really hit home with people because of what's going on with the, with the attack on our children at school. And this is what I got. And I titled this morning's newsletter, Plea to God to Destroy Our Wicked Enemies. Plea to God to Destroy Our Wicked Enemies. Verses of the day, Psalm 35, 1 through 8. This is a little lengthy, but it's very important. And this is where God directed me, so I highly suggest we open up our ears, folks. Here we go. O Lord, oppose those who oppose me. Fight those who fight against me. Put on your armor and take up your shield. Prepare for battle and come to my aid. Lift up your spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Let me hear you say, I will give you victory. Bring shame and disgrace on those 
trying to kill me. Turn them back and humiliate them, those who want to harm me. Blow them away like chaff in the wind, a wind sent by the angel of the Lord. Make their path dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. I did them no wrong, but they laid a trap for me. I did them no wrong, but they dug a pit to catch me in. So let sudden ruin come upon them. Let them be caught in the trap they set for me. Let them be destroyed in the pit they dug for me. This is a prayer from God to David, or a a prayer to God from David, excuse me, for help against those who try to inflict injury for no reason. The The psalm that call upon God to deal with the enemies sound extremely harsh. But we must remember the following. David could not understand why he was forced to flee from men who were unjustly seeking to kill him. He was God's anointed king. His call for justice was also sincere. If was, um, it was not to cover his own personal vengeance. He truly wanted God's perfect ideal for his nation. David did not say he would take revenge, but rather gave the matter over to God with his suggestions. We, like David, must ask God to deal with these enemies of us and our children. We have leaders of our country targeting us every day with restrictions, laws, and labels, and they are targeting our children through the public school system and child protective services, which do anything but protect our children. We have industries targeting our teens and young adult women to kill their babies, and every bit of these people are absolutely evil. Our human response is to seek revenge. Maybe God will use you to avenge, but never to take it upon yourself to do so. It's God's plan. And if it is his will, then he will continue to have things backfire on those who seek to do us harm. Much like they always do when they unjustly go after President Trump and all of his supporters. We pray in Jesus' name that God will push our enemies back and let our kids be kids. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's remove our hats if we're wearing one. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. And let's think about all of our children who are under attack left and right from our government. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. A lot of parents struggled with what happened last night. A lot of parents that I know reached out to me and were struggling with what happened last night. It is very, very scary ladies and gentlemen, to send your children to school these days. Whether, you, whether, whether we think it's a false flag or whether we think it's a way to get our guns, a lot of children died yesterday. And it's very scary when we're sending our children to school. And I just say, just keep praying to God. Pray with your children every morning before they leave for school. Pray that God protects them and they're not the, uh, the, the target of another school shooting. You notice how they're never coming after private schools and charter schools? You notice how they're always only unleashing their evil on public schools? We're going to get into why that is today. But first, before we get to the first and foremost today, we do have two people that we want to raise money for through Rumble Rants. I see that we already have people who have donated uh, Donnie C., thank you very much to help the fraud in Georgia. Amen. Monthly donation from 1776. Heather Traeger, God bless you and thank you. And Amy, thank or Ames, Ames C., Renault, thank you very much. Uh, from here on, folks, for the rest of the show, I want to raise money, if we can, for two individuals here on Live from America, part of our family here. And uh, please let me know where you'd like it to go or if you'd like me to split it between the two. But we're going to be raising money for Wendy Farrell, and we're going to be raising money for Gene Jarvis. Wendy Farrell has been in a lot of trouble lately, folks. And I apologize that we've been so late on trying to get to everybody. 
but Wendy is, uh, she can barely keep her, her bills going from month to month like so many of us right now. Still have a ton of pa- uh, past property taxes. Uh, child uh, issue with her family, issue with her children. She's asking us that we can please help her out. Anything is welcome. And that is Wendy Farrell, Farrell Mom on Rumble. And uh, any money that can go towards her that we can raise through Rumble today, that would be great. And also for Jean Jarvis, let me just read you. First, I love your show. She did not ask for money, by the way. I just felt that we needed to really reach out to somebody who's not actually reaching out for help because they're in bad shape too. I have no money to give, but $5 will neither make or break me. Like everyone, we are having problems making it paycheck to paycheck. $30,000 in medical bills, pesky heart attacks, 10 stents in my heart. Vehicle keeps breaking down. Husband's wheelchair lift on the back. He is a 100% disabled veteran. Inflation is killing them like everyone else. Live in fear of the next increase in anything. But there's always people who are worse off. And I give thanks to God for the roof over our head and the food on our table and the people like you who help us to see the Lord is good and watches over us. He did not get us this far to drop us on our heads now, right? God bless you and your whole audience. Say a prayer for all of us, okay? Almost brought me to tears on that one. Wendy Farrell and Jean Jarvis were going to release $250 from the Slurp Fund to split between you two today. And any money that comes in in your names, Jean or Wendy, will get it right out to you. God bless the both of you. I know there's so many other people that need help. Maybe God will direct us somewhere someday to a million dollars where we can actually help out everybody. But right now, we're doing the best we can, and I want to thank each and every one of you. Lift up your cups, folks. We get ready for our first and foremost. Here we go. We're here to help. We love you all. Let's get ready to rumble. Last night's primaries in Georgia, Alabama, and Arkansas did not go as well as planned. And the reason why I say it did not go as well as planned is because we still have massive GOP establishment voter fraud going on because there is no way in H-E double hockey sticks that Brian Kemp, as hated as he is in the state of Georgia, won by that much. And there's no way, there's no possible way that Brad Raffensperger won, period. Period. Now, I can understand Brian Kemp winning because there's a bunch of GOP-established brainwashed Republicans who still live in the state of Georgia who don't know any better. But I can tell you this. Brad Raffensperger is literally politically hated by everybody, even if they like Kemp. And there's no way this man won. But let's break down what happened yesterday in each state, just in case nobody knows, so that we can actually get everybody on the same page with what happened. And it goes to show you that cheaters are still cheating. And in the states where they did do election security um, laws, like Georgia, apparently they don't care about following them. And I don't blame just Georgia or just uh, Brian Kemp. I blame the state legislature there, too, for not getting their butts in gear and doing what needed to be done. Everybody's been screaming from the top of the roof in Georgia, including voter GA, True the Vote, Heather Mullins, myself, and many others. And what we saw yesterday there was absolute asinine. The Tuesday primaries in four states went well for favored GOP candidates, including two big wins for Trump-backed candidates in Georgia, despite the former president's preferred candidate in the state's Republican gubernatorial primary, losing, conceding real quick, and running away again on his private jet. That is why every effort should have been put behind Candace Taylor and David Perdue shouldn't even have been in the mix. I digress. In Georgia, Herschel Walker blew away the field of challengers in the GOP Senate primary and will now face incumbent, illegitimate incumbent, I might add, I might add, Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock. Walker and another candidate also backed by President Donald J. Trump, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, won big in the GOP primaries. Greene held off five challengers advancing to the general election to try to win a second term. Let me tell you something about Marjorie Taylor Greene. She wiped the floor with everybody that she was up against. Everybody. However, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp easily held off Trump-backed former Senator David Perdue. And do you want to know why he did that? He did, uh, Exactly. You know what? You've got all these people out there like you've got uh, John, uh, John Fredericks. And you got all these so-called experts out there. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about John Fredericks. I love the guy. He's a fellow um, show host on Real America's Voice News. I've met him in person many times. Great guy. 
But how can you get it so wrong? I can tell you how you can get it so wrong. Because you're not paying attention to the people on the ground. You're getting all your cues from up above. You're getting all your cues trickled down to you from President Donald J. Trump. But you got to remember something, you guys. President Donald J. Trump still has a bunch of loser uh, establishment people around him who do not want anybody else having President Trump's ear. There's still many of them, and I could name them. This is the problem. The reason why nobody saw Purdue losing this bad is because nobody wanted to accept the fact that Purdue is an absolute coward. He might be a billionaire or a millionaire or whatever he is, but he's an absolute coward. He is weak. He is weak-spined. And every single person in Georgia knew it. And that goes to show you that they would rather have Brian Kemp than somebody like David Perdue. They would rather have somebody who sold out to the CCP and who helped the cheating happen in 2020 than somebody who's a coward and who runs from everything. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. He might be a nice guy. I'm sure he is. I never met David Perdue. I'm sure he's the favorite uncle, but he's a weak politician. He's a weak politician. Teresa says, told you they'd keep cheating. That doesn't mean, look, you got to understand something here. Just because the GOP establishment helped cheat to make sure that Brian Kemp stayed in there doesn't mean that they're going to allow the cheating from the left to happen since they run the state. The cheating happens, but it didn't happen. It's not happening the way everybody thought it would. It's happening with the GOP. This is something that I've been talking about now for two weeks. I said the GOP is worse than the Democrats because they're working against us and they're supposed to be in our own party. And they're the ones we really got to be careful about. And lo and behold, look what happened. Look what happened with David Perdue. I knew, I knew whether they cheat or whether they didn't, David Perdue wasn't going to win that race. That, and, and the difference in the percentage tells you why. However, let's move on. Um, he now faces Stacey Abrams. Brian Kemp, I should say. He now faces Stacey Abrams. Georgia Te- Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger held off challenges from his Donald Trump-backed opponent, Jody Heiss, in the state's rep- uh, Republican primary. And uh, with 98% of the precincts reporting, Raffensperger had a 51.9% of the vote, while Heiss only had 33.8%. That's not possible. That is not possible. Now, I can understand why David Perdue lost, whether, whether there was cheating going on or not. But that's not possible without cheating. That's how you know cheating happened. Because Raffensperger is literally hated by even, even, ladies and gentlemen, the establishment. Why isn't your show on Getter always it's late posting on Getter? The show is on Getter. It's right there. Watching it fine. And there's about 700 people over there watching. Sorry. Maybe you should uh, just refresh it and try it again. Other than that, I'm not sure why. I apologize. But anyways, uh, the fact that Raffensperger won by such a large margin lets you know there was major cheating going on in Georgia. And I don't know if they can get it fixed. The legislature there seems to be weak. Anyway, moving on. Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders won the GOP primary for governor, an office once held by her father, Mike Huckabee. The win is poised to usher in a new Republican family dynasty as another appears to come to a close. In Texas, uh, Texas Land Commissioner George P. Bush lost his primary bid to unseat Trump-backed Attorney General Ken Paxton, um, marking the end of the Bush family four-generation political dynasty. Now, folks, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know how much the GOP is going to continue to get rid of Donald Trump candidates. I don't know. I don't know how strong the GOP is to continue to get rid of Donald Trump-backed candidates. But it goes to show you, in places like Georgia, the GOP is strong. In places like Texas, it is not. I'm talking about the nationwide GOP, the Chris Christie's and stuff like that. And by the way, did you see Chris Christie's tweet? When Kemp won, what a loser that guy is. What an absolute loser that guy is. Let me see if I actually screenshot that. I think I did. Hold on here. No, I didn't. But anyway, Chris Christie said, 
goes to show you that we don't have to be bullied by the DJ DJT agenda any longer, and that it goes to show you that DJT's uh, endorsement isn't that strong. This is the GOP trying to push out Trump's and Trump supporters. This is the GOP trying to rein their party back in under control. We can't let it happen. We got to push back harder now, harder now more than ever. Also, going back to Arkansas. John Boozman advanced to the general election after winning the state's GOP primary. Now, here's the problem about John Boozman. He was backed by President Donald J. Trump. Then the videos came out of him bashing President Donald J. Trump, and President Donald Trump did not pull his endorsement. I understand President Trump is under a lot of stress, and I understand that President Trump has a lot to deal with, and he can't do everything. But boy, let me tell you, some of the focus that he's put behind people like Purdue and some of the people like Dr. Oz, if he put half that energy behind getting rid of Boozman, who talked crap about him behind his back and he didn't even pull his endorsement, if he would have put a little bit more energy into helping Madison Cawthorn get elected, we would have had MAGA candidates in there and we wouldn't be dealing with this crap that we're dealing with in some of these states. Again, whenever you hear me say something about disagreeing with President Donald J. Trump, it's okay if we disagree with him, guys. It is okay. I think Trump has an agenda with some of these endorsements. I do too, but guess what? They're not, they, the agenda's not working. That's the problem. The agenda is not working in some of the places where we really needed it to work the most. Hopefully he sees that moving forward. Um... In Alabama, GOP Mo Bo- uh, Representative Mo Brooks and Katie Britt are headed for a June runoff for the Senate seat of Britt's retiring former boss, Republican Senator Richard Shelby. Britt, who served as Shelby's chief of staff, had about 45.2% of the vote compared to 286 for Mo Brooks. However, Britt failing to get to 50% of the vote has resulted in a statewide runoff. Also in Texas, the closely watched bid by Democratic Representative Henry Kuehler um, to win a seventh term was too close to call late Tuesday night with him heading to a deadlock with progressive attorney Jessica Cineros. Cineros, excuse me. The 66-year-old incumbent has the backing of House uh, House Democrat leadership, including Stretchface Armstrong. And that's pretty much about it, folks, that we really want to talk about tonight. Um, I think he does it for a reason, Jeremy. You have to trust it. Um, I don't trust losing. There's really, I, I doubt President Trump is trusting, I mean, is, uh, is doing it for the reason to lose. You see what I'm saying? I don't think President Trump did this so that Purdue would lose and Kemp would win. I don't think President Trump put his endorsement behind Madison Cawthorn late because he thought that was going to help him win. And I don't think putting his uh, endorsement behind Dr. Oz is actually very smart. It's smart at all. It's smart at all. But again, if you're saying he's doing it for strategy and agenda, I doubt that strategy and that agenda is for him to lose. I think he just lost those. And the reason why I believe he lost those is because President Trump does not have his ear on the streets and to the ground as much as I think he used to. And that's a shame. And I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call it out because a couple of these people could have won had President Trump got, inv- got engaged and involved as much as he did with Purdue and with Kemp. I mean, he was calling in everywhere. He was going everywhere. He was doing everything he could to push Purdue and, and uh, Oz as much as he could, but he wasn't doing it with the people that actually worked their butts off for him. And I'm upset with that. Okay? I'm upset with that. And, and it's okay to be upset with that. Some of you should be as well, and I know some of you are. But that's where we are. That's what happened. We got some good candidates winning. We got other candidates losing. Um, and I guess we'll see where we go from here. Um, Java Girl says, I don't know. I trust his plan. Again, I trust Donald Trump. I do not trust the people that he keeps around him that guard Donald Trump from having anybody else around him. You see what I'm saying? That's what I don't trust. That's what I don't trust. Uh, Melissa says, I believe, I, I agree. President Trump is getting bad uh, advice. I do too. Just like he did in 2020. It's okay. You can't be perfect. You can't be perfect, but you got to be perfect where you got to be good where it counts. You know what I mean? 
With all the cheating, why bother voting, says Lisa. Well, that's exactly what they want you to do. That's what they want you to do. You have to do your part, and you have to make sure that your legislation is doing their part. In Georgia, the legislation is not doing their part, period. People like Mark Meadows, exactly. I still trust Trump. He can't be perfect, but he's America first. Oh, 100%. You guys, I don't want anybody in here to take what I'm saying about President Trump as don't back President Trump. Not saying that in the least, so let's just nip that in the bud right now. What I'm saying is there's a lot of people screaming from the ground, from the battlefield, that he's not listening to. Okay? There's a lot of people screaming that have a lot of knowledge, that have a lot of wisdom that he's not listening to. That's what I'm saying. Okay? That's what I'm saying. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about the $40 billion of your taxpayer money that's going to Ukraine because we need to find out where this money is going. I told you that I would. I told you that I'd be working on this as hard as I could. And now, folks, I do have a report for you on where your $40 billion of U.S. aid is how it's being spent to arm Ukraine. And it's doing everything but arming Ukraine. Let's get into this, folks. Um, I think Scott Ritter jumped the gun in calling the $40 billion Ukrainian aid bill a game changer. Once you take time to parse the details, you will quickly realize the media is misleading the American public on the reality of the $40 billion and how it's designated to buy weapons and equip Ukrainians with a cornucopia of lethality. Mark Kansian at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, a.k.a. CSIS, provides an excellent breakdown for us of what actually uh, was, has been appropriated. And here is a quick summary of the $40 billion and how it's being spent. You should know this because you should know that your taxpayer dollars are not going to Ukraine. $19 billion is actually what's going to Ukraine for immediate military support. $19 billion. That is less than half of the $40 billion that's being sent over there that you were sold and told that was, uh, it was going towards you uh, arming Ukraine against Russians. It's not true. Only $19 billion of it is. Okay? $3.9 billion to sustain U.S. forces deployed in Europe. $16 billion for economic support to Ukraine and global humanitarian relief. You know what that means? That means we are funding the people leaving Ukraine to go all around the world and be, dis- and, be, uh, and be displaced and to be put in the United States or in Europe or wherever. You're paying for that, folks. $2 billion for long-term support to NATO allies and to DOD modernization programs. Right off the bat, you can see that Ukraine is not getting the $40 billion worth of military goodies to whack Russians. They're getting $19 billion. The $19 billion is carved up into smaller packages even, so let's break those down and see how that's being spent. $6 billion for training, equipment, weapons, logistics support, supplies, and services, and salaries and stipends, and intelligence support to the military and national security forces of Ukraine, and the specifics of the expenditures remain to be determined. $9 billion to replenish U.S. weapons stocks already sent to Ukraine. $4 billion for the foreign military financing program. This allows for a foreign country like Ukraine to buy brand new weapon systems. Now, what could, uh, what could Ukraine buy with $4 billion? Well, they could order 444 M1A SEP battle tanks. Getting them built and delivered would take more than a year. Or Ukraine could buy 44 F-35 jet fighters, but that is just the cost of the airframe. Ukraine could, uh, would then have to cough up at least $27,000 per flight hour per plane. Delivery on that system would take years. Lockheed Martin currently churns out about 91 a year. So if Ukraine is willing to wait five years, it could have the most advanced fighter in the U.S. arsenal. But that assumes that the U.S. Air Force stops buying and lets Ukraine get ahead of the line. I want to point out, too, that the United States defeated the Japanese and helped defeat the Germans in less time than is required to build 444 F-35s. Not exactly the game changer they promised. Given these facts, Ukraine can only hope to receive $6 billion in military assistance in the immediate future. 
This is a sizable chunk of change, but there is no requirement that it is spent primarily on weapon systems that are effective against Russians. No matter what aid is provided to Ukraine in the coming weeks, the Russians enjoy a decisive advantage in their control of the airspace, their precision missiles and rocket systems, and their robust electronic warfare capabilities. It does not matter if the U.S. shares complete intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance about Russian forces because Ukraine just does not have the weapon system to act on that information. Ditto if Ukraine has its own powerful IISR systems. It does not have the air power nor the missiles to attack Russian forces. In fact, Russia air defenses systems have been quite effective in shooting down those planes and missiles that Ukraine actually tried to use. So long story short, your money is going to absolutely nothing except to line the pockets of Ukrainian officials and be funded, uh, be laundered and go back to the United States dirty swamp donkey and rhino politicians. This money is not going to give them weapons. This money is not going to build up their arsenal to fight Russia. There's no way it could happen. The time frame alone just does not allow for such a thing. So your $40 billion and the previous $20 billion and the previous $8 billion are literally doing nothing but lining the pockets of leather thong-wearing scumbags who dance around and, uh, and perform coups to get rid of actually ele- actual elected officials. That's where your $40 billion is going. So for all of you who've got your Ukraine flags hanging outside your house or your profile pictures, you might want to think about stopping, you know, maybe you want to stop being so stupid and start being more real and start uh, acting a little bit more intelligent and stop looking so ignorant about what's really going on with our government and how they're robbing us to launder money through them. When we've got our own problems. Yeah, let's arm the Ukrainians, but let's not arm any uh, guards at a school. Let's not arm teachers and teach them how to shoot. Let's not arm anybody to keep our children safe in our school, but let's go arm Ukraine. Not a good look, folks. Not a good look at all. Rafi seems to be having problems with Getter. I apologize for that, Rafi. Don't know what that is. It must be on your end. Because we've got quite a lot of people watching on Getter right now. Um, I'm not sure what to say. I apologize, though. All right, let's move on. I want to get into the the mind of this school shooter, Salvador, what's his name? Salvador Romas, the Uvalde, Texas school shooter. I want to get into the actual facts because there's a lot of misleading and misinformation uh, stuff out there uh, that's going to get us caught up, and we got to make sure that we have all the facts that we possibly can, okay? Um, Salvador Ramos is his name. He was 18 years old. He was a school student, a fast food worker, who stormed into classrooms at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, gunning down 21 students now and two fourth-grade teachers. It was the nation's deadliest elementary school shooting since the 2012 massacre of Sandy Hook in Connecticut. We all have opinions on that. I get it. Uh, He was not illegal. He was here. He killed his grandmother before he killed all these students. Um, He bought two guns on his 18th birthday, two rifles. He posted the two rifles on Instagram. Again, like I said, he shot his grandmother before entering the school and before he was pursued by police officers. Um, He shot students, children in grades uh, two through four. And two beloved fourth grade teachers, Irma Garcia and Eva Morales, to death before being killed by Border Patrol agents who had been working nearby and rushed to help. That is why Border Patrol was there. A lot of people think that he was Border Patrol was there because he was illegal. From what I understand, he was not illegal. Um, he was not illegal, but Border Patrol was nearby. Hold on. Used to like you, Jeremy, but you no longer speak facts. Then bounce. Then don't watch. Why are you here? Why are you, why are you even saying that? If you say that I no longer speak facts, show me why I haven't, what facts that I didn't speak, and then bounce if you don't like it. I don't know what to tell you. Attention-seeking. I don't watch your show anymore because you don't speak facts. Then go. Nobody's going to rally around you in your ridiculous statements. Um, as soon as he made entry into the school, he started shooting children and teachers 
Whoever was in his way, he was shooting everybody, said Texas Department of Public Safety spokesperson Lieutenant Chris Alvarez, uh, which reported that Ramos bought two rifles on his 18th birthday. Now, he does have pictures that he posted on Instagram with his guns. Let's go ahead. Uh, let's post. A, let's show a couple of these. Here's one. They are saying his grandmother didn't die. Grandmother's not dead. She's in critical condition. I think we're getting some conflicted reports over that because there's reports from a Fox News business affiliate, a Fox Fox affiliate, a local Fox affiliate that I'm looking at said grandma was shot dead. And I'm looking at another one that says grandma is on life support. And now people are saying that the new the new updated is that grandma's in critical conditions, critical condition. So I guess we'll have to wait and see exactly what's going on with grandma. If she's on life support, if she's actually dead or she's in critical condition. But it looks like everybody's saying that the latest report now. And of course, I've been on on air for 45 minutes, says she's in the hospital in critical condition. Okay. Awesome. All right, well, thank you guys for that. I appreciate that. But that was one picture he posted with his, uh, with his clips. Uh, here, here's another picture of him. Obviously looks lonely, lost, and, 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 and in despair, right? I mean, just look at the look on the person's, look at the look on his face. That looks like a lot of public school kids nowadays, doesn't it? Why are you so mean to your supporters? Maybe, they should, maybe we should stop supporting you. <laughs> Oh, I think I'll just stop reading comments and continue to do the news. Uh, not, not being mean, just saying bounce if you don't like it. Didn't say a mean thing about, about, about uh, anybody. But anyway, folks, yes, he posted a bunch of pictures on Instagram. Here's, uh, here's I just showed you basically all of them. And then here's, more, uh, here's a more updated picture um, of what they released anyway. 18-year-old Salvador Romas is the shooter. Romas, Romas. Again, nothing that I've read uh, says that he is an illegal but he definitely, in a lot of these pictures, does look like he's on drugs or some kind of depression. Maybe he's on medication. I don't know. Um, but we'll keep you updated as, as much as we can. But does. He looks awful. That's, you know, that's one thing that I've noticed is when I keep seeing pictures of this kid. In every picture, he looks, he looks like he's just in the worst mental state that you could ever be in. And again, folks, that's the problem with the public school systems. I want to break from that and talk about the public school system now. Because I put out a, I put out a video this morning talking about what is co- why didn't we have school shootings when you and I were in school? Why, did that, why didn't that happen? It wasn't because we had armed guards at the school. It wasn't because we had metal detectors. It wasn't because teachers were armed. It wasn't because some of us even brought guns to school. It wasn't that. The reason why we didn't have these problems is because the public school system focused on academics. And when the public school system focuses on academics and the children are the first in, I mean, the, uh, the parents are the first in line when it comes to having control over their children, things work. But when the public school system started to change and they started to push agendas and they started to brainwash and they started to indoctrinate and they started to tell kids that boys are not girls and girls are not boys. And they start putting all of these children in these mind frames where they have zero identity. If you don't have if you don't have an identity and you don't know who or what you are, then you dang sure don't understand what is right and what's wrong. That's the problem. And when you don't have an identity and you don't know what's right and what's wrong, what happens is, is as soon as you start getting bullied, which most kids do in school at some point, or as soon as some kids start talking about you or a parent or a teacher um, uh, makes you mad, then you're going to want to lash out. And you don't even understand the severity nine times out of ten of what's going on. Not to mention they pump every child full of Ritalin today because they say that it's ADHD when it's just kids being kids. Now, does ADHD exist? Yes. Yes, it does. But that doesn't mean that every kid who has a problem paying attention needs to be on Ritalin or some kind of uh, 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 pharmaceutical. So when they started pumping kids through pharma- with pharmaceuticals, uh, brainwashing and indoctrinating them to have zero identity whatsoever, start sexualizing them and grooming them, and then tell them that their parents aren't in charge of what they do and don't do, Ladies and gentlemen, that's why you have school shootings. So the school who is supposed to protect your child is the same 
is the actual culprit in making a very, very dangerous environment for your children and turning them into what you're seeing. So the school system is the one that needs to be held accountable. The school system should be the ones that are sued when this stuff happens because they are not putting your child in a very safe environment at all. They're, as a matter of fact, they're creating the dangerous environment. So there's a lot of people out there that are mad when I go out to the public school system. Oh, well, that's the problem. You're never going to fix the problem unless you find out what the problem is. And the problem is the National School Board Association, teachers unions, and all of these uh, school administrators, these overpaid, by the way, school administrators. You ever notice now how schools have like three principals? They have like three principals because one can't handle it anymore. Guess what? That raises your tax, your property taxes. Your taxes to your town, I bet you a majority of them are to your school. And that's ridiculous because we can't even keep our children safe. So just like the FBI, just like the DOJ, just like every other government agency out there that has become corrupt, the school system, the public school system, which is dictated and guidelined by a, uh, from a national uh, level, that's, that can't happen anymore. We got to give power back to the states, power back to the people. It should be done at a state level. There should be no National School Board Association whatsoever. And these school administrations and their policies and procedures need to be tore down from the, from the top down and rebuilt. That's what needs to happen. Or you're going to continue to have this. Even if you had no guns, even if you had no guns in this entire country, you would still have this pro- kind of a problem. They would set off explosives. They would do pipe bombs. They would do pressure cooker bombs like they did in Boston. They would use knives. They would use vehicles. You see it happen in the countries where they don't have guns. It doesn't stop the crime. It doesn't stop the crazy. The public school system is enemy number one to your children and grandchildren. Nobody else. Nobody else. And here's the problem with that, folks, with the public school systems, is that when mama bears and papa bears went out there and started getting in the faces and confronting these school board members at school board meetings. You saw how fast they changed their tunes. You saw how fast they got rid of sexualized books. You saw how fast they got rid of CRT. But then what happened? Then the DOJ got involved. And when the DOJ got involved, that told these school boards and these school systems everywhere in all these districts, hey, the federal government's got our back. And now what they're doing is they're pushing back on parents and they're pushing back on them and saying, we don't care what you say. Your child is not your, your child. Here's an example out of New York City where this is happening right now. Parents pushed back about drag queen story hour that's going on and in, in, in indoctrinating their children. Here's a picture of it right here. Drag queen story hour in New York City. It's literally called drag queen story hour. Parents pushed back on this and they said this cannot happen. And guess what? The New York City Middle School, where this is happening, said, too bad, so sad, we're doing it anyway. Your child does not belong to you. Your child needs to understand how to not be a bigot. And they're just doing it anyway. Despite pushback from parents, publicly funded drag, uh, drag queen story hour expands into New York City Middle Schools um, and the performers teach children how to put on drag makeup. makeup. If you think that we are approaching, approaching a slippery slope, then you hit your head on a rock while sliding down a long time ago. Again, if we don't get to the root of the problem, this is going to continue to happen. Over the past two years, Drag Queen Storytime, a disturbing event in which adult men dress up in hypersexualized outfits with overapplied makeup and read books to young children. It has become a sweeping phenomenon across the country. The events have been popping up in leftist areas all over the map, from Los Angeles to Austin, uh, to L- from London, and everywhere in between. Even though these drag events shouldn't be held anywhere, and it shouldn't need to be explained why children should have no place relating to anything of this, the events have been made mostly contained to local communities, centers, or public schools, uh, public buildings such as libraries. Unfortunately, the left's push for the hypersexualization of children has only intensified over the past few months, which has enabled these sickening programs to begin uh, invading the public school systems. And now, ladies and gentlemen, backed by public school dollars, 
drag queen story hours coming to public schools in New York City in elementary and middle schools. And guess what? There's not a damn thing that teachers, I mean, that parents can do about it according to the school's districts. So here's the thing. Now it goes on to the parent. If you continue to keep your children in these schools, it is your fault. Whatever happens to your child is your fault or you are complicit in it. You need to remove your children and your grandchildren from schools that do this. If you say, hey, I don't want that to happen because it's really bad. And the school says, oh, well, too bad, so sad. And you leave your kid there, then there's nobody else to blame but yourself. Nobody else to blame but yourself. Now, I know it's not easy for everyone. I know it. Trust me. I'm going through something similar right now. But none of my kids are in public school anymore after what happened in these last few weeks. And I'll do whatever I can to make sure they never go back. And if they do go back, it's my own fault for allowing it. <sighs> Let's move on. Um, got a couple more stories here. I'm going to try to go through them quick. Um, the FBI, you guys from now on, or by now you guys have probably heard about the plot to kill former President George W. Bush because of some grudge that some ISIS members have held since the, uh, the mid-2000s. But now, folks, the FBI alleges that the ISIS consp- uh, conspired uh, to assassinate George W. Bush. But here's the interesting fact on how they were going to do it. They were going to do it by smuggling terrorists through Biden's open southern border. That's how they were going to do it. They were literally working on smuggling terrorists through Biden's southern border. It would not have been hard at all. And they were going to use that avenue in order to kill former President George W. Bush. And we still don't have that border closed down. We literally have an assassination, assassination plot, which was going to be an attempt which probably would have been successful had it not been for Biden's southern border being wide opened so that they could come through. And we still haven't shut the border down. And I still have not heard from the White House about how they're going to stop this from happening. An Iraqi man, an accused ISIS operative, conspired to murder uh, former President George W. Bush by smuggling a team of assassins across the poorest southern border, according to a Federal Bureau of Investigation search warrant application. The application was filed on March 23rd and unsealed this week claims the ISIS operative, Shahab Ahmed Shahab Shahab, that's his actual name, that's not me making fun of him, was residing in Columbus, Ohio, traveled to Dallas, Texas to conduct a stakeout outside the Bush's house and the George W. Bush Institute where he filmed and photographed the surrounding locations in preparation for his assassination. According to the warrant that was obtained by Forbes, 52-year-old Shahab came to the United States from Iraq in 2020 seeking asylum. Well, there you go. The alleged ISIS operative wanted revenge against former President Trump, uh, President Bush for killing Iraqis and dividing the country following the 2003 invasion. He was paying Hezbollah terrorists $100,000 to come to the United States and help him kill George W. Bush. And they were doing it through the southern border. I'm telling you, folks, how many do you think are already here? Now, I see somebody saying no loss there. It's, you know, oh, well, it's George W. Bush. I get it. But it's still an American citizen. We are Christians. We don't want to call for the death of anybody. And when you literally hash a plan to kill a former president and you use the southern border, the lack thereof to do it, you would think that the current resident would at least say something about it. I haven't heard a word. Moving on to why it's so important that we get involved in state and local politics. Guys, moving on to why it's so important that we run for state and local offices because you have no idea how much power you have as a state representative or a state senator. You have no idea how much power and how much weight your voice carries. When you are elected to these positions, you have more power than a governor. And this is how I know. And a big shout out to Indiana, uh, the Indiana Republican Party, because they have now overridden the veto to protect female athletes. After Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb vetoed a bill yesterday 
to protect girls from unfair male competition in sports. The legislature said, nope, too bad, so sad, we're going to override you, and they had the numbers to do it. That is why it is so important to run for your local uh, elected uh, positions, folks. The Indiana General Assembly met on Tuesday to override Republican Governor Eric Holcomb's veto of HB uh, 1041, a bill forbidding males from participating on female sports uh, teams in most K-12 through schools. HB 1041 is the second bill Holcomb vetoed this session, but the first is to be passed over uh, his veto. The bill applies to public schools, charter schools, and teams that compete against them. This is why it's important. Big shout out to Indiana Republican Party. They're not going to cave. They're not going to have it. And they're not just going to um, lie down and take a governor's veto when it comes to protecting girls in our sports. Now, folks, moving on, we got a dumb, dumb award of the day to give away. But before we do it, we got to play the video. This is the latest dumb, dumb recipient. You all know her as Miss Yellow Teletubby, Liz Cheney. Her recent remarks say that President Donald J. Trump is literally the biggest threat that we face in the United States of America. Listen to this. And the peaceful transfer of power has been honored by every American president except one. Standing on the east front of the United States Capitol on a snowy morning in 1961, President Kennedy said, in the long history of freedom, only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. Today, that role is ours, as we face a threat we have never faced before, a former president attempting to unravel our constitutional republic. At this moment, we must all summon the courage to stand against that. The question for every one of us is in this time of testing, will we do our duty? Will we defend our constitution? Will we stand for truth? Will we put duty to our oath above partisan politics? Or will we look away from danger, ignore the threat, embrace the lies and enable the liar? As we leave here tonight, I ask all of you to remember this sacred duty that is passed to us. To remember that in our republic, some things have to matter. The defense of our republic, the defense of the constitutional foundations of our nation have to matter. In a republic, there are no bystanders, there are no spectators. As citizens, every one of us has a duty to set aside partisan battles and stand together to perpetuate and preserve our great republic. Well, here's the thing, lady. The election was stolen. We know and have proved that the election is stolen. We're not just saying it could because pre President Trump said it, like you claim. And when you steal elections, there are consequences. And if you think January 6th was a consequence over stealing the last election, steal another one. Steal another one and watch how the American people react. Come on, man. <laughs> Dumb, dumb award of the day goes to Yellow Teletubby Liz Cheney. But there's something else that I want to uh, something else that I want to touch on because of Liz Cheney, because of the GOP establishment, because they steal elections and that there's and, the, and seem to be no consequence, uh, at least as of right now. Now you understand why we call this dark MAGA. Now you understand why we say we got to go dark it's MAGA, folks. It's time to go dark MAGA, not as a discouraging statement, but as a message to those who stole the last election and those who are going to try to steal the next. Dark MAGA is full-on battle mode. That's what Dark MAGA is. Let's go ahead and play the promo for Dark MAGA. Time for the rise of the new right. It's time for Dark MAGA. What is Dark MAGA? I don't know what Dark MAGA is. <laughs> The 
There's MAGA, there's Ultra MAGA, there's Dark MAGA, and there's Ultra Dark MAGA. For all of you GOP establishment and all you Democrats out there, what you can expect from us, the America First MAGA Trump Party, is Ultra Dark MAGA. So just like you go on your little WEF and WHO tantrums about how, oh, we're just so open about this is what we're going to do. Well, let's be open. Let's, put, let's call a spade a spade. Let's look each other in the eye real quick and say, look, hey, look, this is what you can expect from us. We know what to expect from you. Total takeover. Total takeover of a sovereignty of the United States of America. Total takeover of our freedoms. Total takeover of the globe. Now let me tell you what our plan is. Our plan is to take you out to take you out of commission. That does not mean to kill you. That means to make you no longer relevant or locked up for the rest of your life, living under a bridge like a broke troll. That's what our agenda is. Our agenda is to break down your house of cards, tear it down from the top down, rebuild it with what our founding fathers intended this country to be. We will stop at nothing and we will not allow you to steal another general election for the presidency. That's dark altar MAGA, and that's us telling you exactly what our plan is. So now that we're all on the same page, we'll see you on the battlefield. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for, uh, for watching today. For those who just can't take it anymore, who say that I just, uh, I've lost it all and I don't tell the truth anymore, I don't care. I'm not trying to please you. I'm trying to bring truth to you. If you don't want to watch the show anymore, don't watch the show anymore. I don't know what to tell you. That's not me being mean. Maybe you don't be mean. If you don't want the show anymore, just bounce. It's okay. There are plenty of people who do. For those who can't handle the truth, I'll pray for you and I apologize if, uh, you know, if I hurt you in any way by saying things that just hurt. There are right ways and there are wrong ways. There's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Thank you for all the donations today. We'll make sure they get to the right people. I want to say thank you again. See you at 5 p.m. for more Live from America. Until then, keep a smile on your face. Keep your families close and keep spreading that gospel. God bless you guys. Peace.